Welcome to YouthWorks Effective Ministry Podcast, the podcast which helps you to have an effective children's and youth ministry in your church. My name is Tim Beelhart, so I'm one of the children's ministry advisors at YouthWorks Ministry Support, and I'm joined today by Anne-Marie Rivers, who is also one of our children's ministry advisors. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Hello. Anne-Marie, for those who might not know you or I, uh, may not be familiar with YouthWorks Ministry Support, do you want to give a brief explanation of what's the role of a children's ministry advisor? What do you actually do in a typical week? Great question. It's a bit hard to answer, actually. Um, It's a great job and I love it because I get to spend lots of time being alongside other children's ministry leaders, whether they're employed or volunteers or whether they're trained or not, um, in churches of all different shapes and sizes. Um, As the ministry support team, we want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church. And so that might mean just meeting, to chat about ministry, networking, coaching or training. Lots of good things to be doing. There is. And we'll give you some ways to get in contact with Emery or I uh, at the end of the podcast. But today we're talking about teaching children both about prayer and how teaching children to pray. There's lots to say on both. Amory, who's this podcast particularly for? Well, it's for everybody, really. It's for children's ministry leaders. If you help with the Sunday kids program in your church or with kids club or with youth group, it's also for parents and grandparents. Uh, It's actually for any Christian with children in their life. Um, It's for godparents and for members of of the church congregation because um, as you might remember we all say promises when we baptize an infant as part of our um, service yeah that's right i mean we're coming out of an anglican context where we willingly and enthusiastically baptize infants uh, which is a topic we could take up on another podcast but in that service when we do baptize infants within the midst of our church we are making promises as a congregation the parents make promises the godparents make promises but in fact the congregation also make promises that they're going to commit to see this child raise up to know and love the lord jesus and prayer is going to be a really significant part of that yeah that's right and part of thinking about prayer thinking about you know how we teach kids to pray how we teach um each other to pray flows out of how we think about God, our view of him. And so we want to be able to help children to know God as their good and sovereign heavenly father. You've actually got a a good um, way of praying that expresses that, don't you, Tim? Uh, yeah, uh, one of the things, Emery, you've noticed about me, I, don't, I think you've maybe noticed it more than I've noticed it about myself, mm-hmm. but that I start every prayer with Father God. Um, and I think one of the reasons I do that, many years ago I was teaching a curriculum to some year five and six children uh, at my old church, and we were looking at the Lord's Prayer. We did 10 weeks just breaking down line by line the Lord's Prayer. And I was particularly struck by the first lesson, thinking about God as Heavenly Father and the two sides of that. One is that he is a father and therefore there's a warmth and a relational nature to him. We can come and approach him in uh, that, that way, knowing that he is a good, good father. But he's also heavenly. 
He's also God. And so there's a majesty about him. There's an otherness. There's a holiness to him. And so trying to hold those two things in balance was one thing I was particularly struck with by trying to teach this curriculum at Kids Church many years ago. And I think I've just kind of taken that on. And so Father God is one of the things I want to communicate to my kids, to the kids that I lead in um, my scripture class and my kids' church, uh, and also to those who I'm also uh, advising and, and helping in their local context. But, Emery, the, the idea of father can also be a negative one. Uh, you and I, we, we both know people who have had abusive fathers or absent fathers. Uh, there are those who have just never known their fathers. Is there a danger in talking about God as father or why would we continue to refer to God as father when so many of our experiences and the experiences of the children we lead can be broken ones? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it is really important to acknowledge that, that for some people the the image of a father is negative and has a lot of baggage that comes with it. Um, but I think we don't want to stop referring to God as father just because of that. Um, just because the world gets it wrong doesn't mean that um, God isn't a good father. The Bible describes him like that. And Jesus teaches us to pray to God as our father in Matthew 6. So we want to be obedient and following the example that he set us. Um, I think it means also that we um, need to know the kids that we're discipling and that we're, we're seeking to help in this area. Um, because if we know that some of them might have issues with negative father images or experience, um, then we can address it and help them. But I think the the best way to do this is individually um, and in that relationship of trust that can grow in a church community. Um, so we still want to hold on to that idea of God as our father. And the father um, is that really helpful image for lots of children. Um, it unites those two aspects that you picked up on before of intimacy and respect. Um, so a father is a safe person, a caregiver who is reliable and accessible and trustworthy. And so it's right for us to help children to think about God like this. We want to come to him with any concern or question or comment or happy thought and know that he cares and listens and looks upon us with love. I really like the idea um, or the picture, I guess, um, of God smiling as he listens to his children pray. I think there's a, a rightness to that, even though it is just a, a metaphor. Um, but then thinking about God as worthy of respect and honour. A father is a close image, but it's also, a father is also worthy of that respect. Um, intimacy is balanced with awe. Our God is the Lord of heaven and earth, the eternal one who knows everything and sustains all the creation and works out his sovereign plan across all time and space. Like that's bigger than our minds can comprehend. And so we're right to praise him and to realise that he's beyond our full understanding. But we want to hold both those things um, in balance. There's and that great scene, isn't there, from yeah, yeah. The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? Uh, yes. I remember that it's the, the children talking to Mrs Beaver, if I remember correctly, and uh, Lucy hears that Aslan is a lion and she asks, well, is he a tame lion? Is he safe? And Mrs Beaver says, oh, of course he's not safe, mm. but he's good. And holding yeah. those two things in balance is just a really beautiful picture that uh, God is not safe. We, we, 
uh, cannot take him um, flippantly, uh, but he is good. And I think, yeah, it, uh, those of us who have had positive father figures have hopefully seen a always frail and fallen, but a good example of that intimacy and warmth as well as respect. Um, and But, yes, as for those who have not had that experience of fatherhood, uh, God is a good, good father we all wish we had. Um, and so he has those qualities. So how do we help children think about God like this? Yeah, well, I think there's three main ways, and we're going to keep coming back to these three things a few times, but a big one is modelling. Like we we learn to pray like those that we hear pray, pray often, um, like those around us. So as adults and leaders in different capacities as parents, um, the way that we pray will influence the children that we're praying with or around. Um, and so we want to be able to model appropriateness. I mean, that's what you're doing when you're saying, Father God, when you pray with your kids and when you pray with the kids that you lead. Um, and so are we are we doing that? Are we modelling this balance of intimacy and respect that comes with calling God Father? Um, and I think there is also sometimes we want to be age-appropriate in our prayers and so we simplify our prayers if we're praying with very young kids, and that's good and right, but there is also a sense in which kids will grow into the prayer that they see. So even though they might not understand everything that we pray, um, we shouldn't always dumb it down just because kids are present. They can they can learn and as their understanding increases as they grow and mature, they will understand more about the way we pray and some of the big words we use and, and that's okay too. Um, so modelling is the first one. The second one is talking about it. So you know, as we're reading the Bible and looking through scripture, we can see examples of prayer and see particular examples of God as Father um, and mention it, point it out, show that this is um, something that we see there um, and we talk about why we do it ourselves as well. So saying things like, we pray to God as our Father because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Just mentioning that every now and then is a helpful way just to reinforce the point that it's intentional and deliberate and based on theological truth. Uh, and the last way is, you know, make the most of, of various resources and, um, and and strategies. So like you mentioned about learning and teaching the Lord's Prayer, that's a really great thing to do. Um, you know, Jesus taught his disciples to pray this prayer and we should pass that on to, um, to younger disciples who are growing up um, knowing and loving him. So we want to be teaching not just to memorise the Lord's Prayer, but to understand it and understand what stands behind all those words and phrases which become so familiar with time. Yeah, and certainly learning the Lord's Prayer, learning some Psalms, uh, those are the things which help shape who we are and the way that we think about God, the ways that we can pray particularly to God. Mm. Uh, now, of course, the flip side to God being Father is that therefore we're in the position of child, which is, again, a theme that runs right throughout scripture uh, that we are the children of god particularly one john is really strong in that what is it like to approach god as a child when we come to prayer how can we help children to understand that position as child to god yeah i think this is really important to balance that the flip side of it as you say and there's a few aspects to this um 
I, one thing I often remember about children, and those of you who have them around um, will, will be very familiar with, is that children ask a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. Particularly one, at bedtime. That's right. Yes, to avoid going to bed. Um, I read one thing saying it's up to 400 questions a day at certain ages. Um, and I think actually this is what prayer looks like. Um, it's lots of asking and it's good to ask and it's right to ask. Um, we want to be asking God all the time like a child. Um, and I think it's worth drawing out some of the different aspects of this. Um, so one thing is we ask because we need to, because we can't do it or get what we need on our own. Um, and this is part of approaching God as as father um, because we are his child. There's a position of dependence. We need God. Um, it's good to recognise that and to express it by asking. And often we can forget that as adults. Um, we become self-sufficient and we think we're in control, um, but hard times remind us. You know, the pandemic reminds us at the moment that um, we're not in control and we do need God. Um, in Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I don't think he's exaggerating. Like we should be asking God and talking to him about everything. So when, uh, you know, I'm, I'm driving to the shops and, you know, praying for a parking spot or when a kid is asking for their team to win soccer on the weekend, I mean, how do we know if we're asking the right things of God? Is there anything that is inappropriate to ask from God? Well, in one sense, I think it's good to just keep asking. Like, God looks on us with kindness and love. And so just like we would look on a, a one-year-old who doesn't phrase the question well or doesn't ask it with perfect grammar, um, we, will, we will still answer the question and we will still listen to them even though they're not getting it exactly right. So I think there is a lot of grace there mm. and it's worth just continuing to pray, continuing to ask as we learn and as we grow and as we develop a better understanding of what the right things to ask for is. But I think the other thing is the Bible gives us lots of examples as well. Like there is the Lord's Prayer and there are Paul's prayers and there are the Psalms and there's examples throughout the Scripture of people praying and those help us. So as we spend more time in God's Word um, and also, of course, the Spirit helps us to pray. Yes, yeah, so he's kind of balancing those two things, aren't you? That you you want children to know that they can bring their deepest concerns to God, and that actually nothing is too trivial to talk to God. And so, if the biggest concern on a six-year-old's heart is whether their team wins soccer on the weekend or plays well on soccer on the weekend, uh, it's good to bring that to God. That shows that they have a trust and a relationship in Him. But also, part of our long-term relational discipleship of children uh, whether within our own families or within our churches is also helping shape their concerns and that's where as you say the lord's prayer psalms paul's prayers those kind of things can help us to see what are the deepest concerns of our hearts what are the things we ought to be thinking about and so we're helping shape children along that way as well but like god is kind and patient we can also be be kind and patient so helping balance those two things it's also helpful to think of god as a good Father, what, what is it about God's goodness that helps us to come to him with a childlike prayer? I think that um, one aspect that we forget as adults is that um, when children ask um, a father that they trust, a parent that they trust, they ask 
unashamedly and they ask expectantly. Um, so it's sometimes as adults in prayer, we can be like, oh, please, I'd really like this. I, you know, it might be too much to ask. I don't really want to ask too much of you, God, but can you please help me out in this area? Whereas kids just go, can I have another chocolate? Like, can I have more <laughs> ice cream? Like they just ask with free abandon. Um, and we want to pray like that. Um, we want to model that to kids. We want to teach them to pray like that. Um, like sometimes, you know, as we talked about, our ideas of what is good might be different and um, from from what God knows is what's right for us, but it's not wrong to ask. Um, we wouldn't give a whole block of chocolate to a toddler, even though he may be fully convinced that that is the good that he desires <laughs> and, and wants. Um, you know, we know better as adults that that is not a good decision to make. Um, but there's nothing wrong with him asking. Uh, and so, you know, God knows better. And sometimes he doesn't give us the good that we think we want or when we want it. But he is good. Um, and we need to keep holding on to that truth and believing it wholeheartedly when we come to him in prayer. Um, like he loves to bless his children. He loves to hear our prayers. And so it's right to ask in a way that shapes that attitude. Um, what am I trying to say? It's right to ask in a way that expects him to continue to be good as as we know he is. Mm. We have a warden at our church who, when he leads prayers, uh, as he prays, and it, it sometimes feels like quite a shopping list, uh, as it does in some churches, and he's really blunt at the end, acknowledging that. He always finishes his prayer with something like, Lord, we know that this is a long list, and yet we trust in your goodness. And I just think that's really lovely that it, he does recognise we come to God with a lot of things to pray for. Um, and it, as you say, it is good to ask. And because he is a good father, uh, he delights to give us good things, but he also knows when to say no to our requests for our own sake, mm. uh, just like the, the toddler asking for a massive block of chocolate just before dinner. Uh, out of the generous love that a father might have, he knows when to say no to a, a request. Yeah, definitely. And I, it always reminds me of that bit where Jesus says, you know, which of you, if your son asks you for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? Like sometimes our requests, we might actually be asking um, for the wrong thing. And so we'll get something different, but it is the good thing. Um, yeah, I think there's plenty in prayer that we don't understand, but we can be absolutely sure that God is good um, and that he is our heavenly father who who hears us. Um, All right, so it's good to ask God for lots of things and, and so we can model that to our kids by helping them to ask lots of questions of God, just like they ask lots of questions to us as adults. Um, but it's not just can I have questions, but there's lots of other questions come up. Why questions? How come questions? At the moment, you know, why are we in lockdown? Why are there people getting sick? Why can't I see my friends? Um, how can the scriptures help shape the, the concerns of children and adults uh, as it comes to prayer, those kind of questions? Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we do come with lots of different types of questions and, and we want to bring them all to God. Um, I think, again, this is where the example in the scriptures can help us. So the Psalms particularly give us lots of good examples of, of why questions and how come questions and you don't seem to be there, God, type questions. Um, 
And sometimes that can be a bit scary, but again, it's about um, recognizing our place as the child, addressing our heavenly father who knows so much more than we do and is so much bigger and more powerful than us. Um, so he's the right person to ask. Um, and we want to do that appropriately, still holding in place that awe and respect, but also with the freedom that comes with being a child, um, just knowing that we can ask and that it's okay. So I think um, Paul's prayers always encourage me. Um, like Paul prays big prayers and he prays specific prayers and he prays, he wrestles in prayer and he perseveres in prayer. Like he gives us so many good examples as well about um, praying in lots of ways that we don't always naturally think of. We're sometimes limited to the material and um, the things that can be seen, whereas Paul prays, you know, that we would understand how long and high and wide and deep is the love of Christ. Like what a wonderful prayer. Um, mm. Those things can help us to sort of broaden our horizons about how we can pray and what we can pray for. Yeah, it's part of that shaping us as, in, as mm. our shaping our deepest concerns, shaping the things that are on our hearts and our minds and the things that we want to see God do in the world. It gives us that model of the types of prayers. So lastly, uh, in terms of types of prayers that we can be praying, uh, of course, thankfulness is another one. We want to be helping kids to be thankful for the things that they have. Uh, how can you help kids to model thankfulness in their prayers? I think thankfulness comes, it's sort of the flip side of asking as well, is if you're asking for lots, um, you see the answers and you are more, your eyes are more open to see the answers. And so often when we ask more, um, we see God's goodness in answering it, even when it's not exactly what we thought it might be. Um, so I think there is um, just that natural flow. I, I have a yeah, really great story about asking particularly, uh, and I'm not even sure where it came from. I've heard it. Somebody shared it with me, but they were at Beach Mission and there was a person there, I'm not sure, um, how old they were, but they had hung around with Beach Mission, come to the talk, sort of engage with people, ask lots of questions, but they just weren't getting it. They just didn't really understand the gospel, just didn't seem to make sense to them, but they they stuck at it. They just kind of felt like there's something here, but I'm just not getting it. Um, and all these different people talked to them. Um, but one person eventually said to them, just go and ask God go and ask God and pray that he would help you to understand. And they went back to their tent and prayed and it started making sense and they became a Christian. And just think, yeah, sometimes it's just that simple. We just need to ask and God delights to give us good things. Um, you know, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. And this is a perfect example of, um, of how that can be true. We don't always understand fully, but if we're not, then ask because God wants to reveal himself and he's chosen to do that through his word and through Jesus. Um, and if we're not getting it, let's just keep asking. Like James says in uh, chapter one, uh, you know, if we lack wisdom, we should ask. Uh, and Jesus says, you know, knock and we um, ask and will be given. Yeah, seeking you will find. So, yeah, asking God definitely. All right, so we, we want to be modelling prayer, helping kids to be able to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer, Paul's prayers, the prayers of the Psalms, um, even prayers from church history, mm. um, ways in which 
Christians uh, in the last 2,000 years have prayed to God and the way that has shaped their concerns and their desires. Um, another thing about prayer that one of, we want to communicate to children is that prayer can be in any time and anywhere kind of thing. It's not just at church where we pray. It's not just at the dinner table, but actually at any moment we can pray. Um, what are some of your thoughts on how we can communicate that to kids and help them to be prayers at any time and anywhere? Yeah, I think that's a really important aspect of prayer that we need to be clear about when we're teaching kids, um, whether it's explicitly in kids' church or, or just in day-to-day life. Um, I think it's important because it means that our faith is something that's in, expressed in all parts of our life. Um, it's not just a church thing. We pray all the time and in any place, mm. not just at church. Um, and it also makes it clear that, um, that faith involves an individual relationship um, between me and God, like I talk to him directly. I don't need anybody else's help to do that or to be in a certain place or to, to wear a certain thing or to even um, do anything particular with my body. Um, it, um, it can be really helpful to talk about um, different aspects of, you know, how we use our body, like um, often in, in scripture class, um I will say things like, you know, it's good to put your hands together and to close your eyes when we pray because that helps us to concentrate um, on a God that we can't see um, but we know he's there. And so acknowledging that there are certain things you can do to help you pray more effectively, but it doesn't matter. You can pray with your eyes mm-hmm. open. You can pray with your eyes shut. You can pray while you're lying in bed. You can pray, um, you know, while you're going for a run or on a bike ride. That All of those things are okay. Um, even saying, you know, I can talk to God silently inside my head and nobody else will know, but he will hear, he will know. Yeah. That's that's an important truth that kids need to be able to think about and recognise. Yeah, I was talking to my daughter many a number of years ago now and uh, I think she may have been in year one or year two at the time, but I asked her, have you ever had uh, God answer a prayer? And she said, well, yeah, last year um, when I was playing, I got stuck in the climbing frame and no one else was around and I just prayed to God in my head, help me to get out of the climbing frame. And then a teacher who was on duty came by and right at that moment and helped her out. And for her little six-year-old brain, that was you know, God giving a really good answer to prayer. And I thought, oh, isn't that lovely that she saw that immediate response, but also that she knew that at that moment she could call out to God. She could, she didn't have to be kneeling or sitting or, yeah, she could be stuck in a climbing frame uh, and still talk to Father God. And it was really lovely. Mm, That's a great story. Um, Another part of making God uh, or prayer to God and anytime, anywhere thing is just to also be having God as part of our regular conversations. How would you encourage church leaders and parents and grandparents to be helping kids make prayer just a regular part of their life? Yeah, I think um, it takes some time and getting used to sometimes if we're not used to it. Um, So even just starting small with things like saying grace at meals, like for some of us that's as natural as picking up your fork, but for others it's not, and that's okay. Um, It's just a new habit to build up. Things like saying a prayer after you blow out the candles um, on a birthday cake, like making prayer part of the birthday celebration or 
or just randomly praying when there's good news or sad news or special news. Um, like often, again, in scripture, it could be something like a, a child sharing, oh, my mum had a new baby. And like that might not be the moment you plan to pray, but to be able to say, oh, let's say thank you to God for, mm-hmm. for you, you, your new um, baby brother or sister. Like that's um, just modelling that response of we, we pray in any circumstance at any time. And I think we all have different contexts. Like when we're not at home, when we're back at church and in the rest of the world, things like praying together during morning tea at church, like just because the service has ended doesn't mean we have to not pray. Um, You know, if someone shares something with you and that's the sort of thing that you should pray about, then yeah, pray right then and there in in the middle of morning tea, over your tea and coffee, that's okay. Um, You know, we can pray in any any circumstances um and sometimes you know it can be awkward and we can feel like oh i don't usually talk like this or i don't usually offer to pray um and even i feel that after many years as a christian (laughs) but sometimes i just remind myself well what's the worst that can happen like there's not no other christian is going to say to you oh no let's not pray now or (laughs) or laugh at you um, they'll probably be relieved that you were the one to mention it first. Um, Absolutely. But um, and sometimes it it can even be the child who points it out and says, "Oh, we don't pray this much usually," and that's okay. Like it's a good thing to say that's true. But you know, I've recently been reminded how important it is, and that I want to pray more with you. Um, that's that's okay. Yeah, just finding times to insert it into your life and find a new way. Maybe that's an encouragement people can take home is just find a new space in which to pray with the kids who are part of your ministry, part of your family, part of your life. Um, And so, and this is where the presence of parents, grandparents, godparents, family, friends can come in as well. When if you're a godparent or you're just an uncle or an auntie or a family friend, when you're hanging out with kids, just pray together. If you're, yeah, show them that it's really natural as people who love God to talk to God, uh, and that's really lovely. So as we kind of head towards wrapping this up, um, we've talked about some understanding who God is as Father, uh, Heavenly Father, Father God, both warm and relational, but also other and holy, and so treating with that reverence and respect. We talked about what it means to uh, have a childlike faith to actually come in the position of child to ask questions to talk about things that there's nothing there's off limits to god um and also that we can talk to god anytime anywhere so as we kind of head towards the end what do we now do with all this what are some really practical take-home steps that you would encourage church ministers church leaders parents grandparents etc to do with our understanding of prayer emory well i think one thing we can do is um just be aware that um we are modeling prayer to to younger people around us so think intentionally about that think carefully about how how are we going with that are we doing a good job in the way that we model prayer what are the different opportunities that we have Um, and maybe maybe just be a little bit more intentional maybe write your prayer out if you're a kids church leader um, and really think about how to make this prayer biblical and um, and something that connects the main idea of the lesson with the kids lives um, but if you're a parent, then maybe it means, you know, um, thinking about those different parts of your day and your routine where you can, um, where you can pray together, whether it's bedtime or 
over meals or after dinner, all those different times. Because I do think um, while we want to pray anytime, anywhere and model that, we also want to make prayer a regular part of our lives so it becomes a habit, so it becomes just as natural as eating dinner together or um, brushing our teeth, which is hopefully a well-established <laughs> habit. <laughs> well-established, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you can do things like um, just adding one sentence alongside a prayer. If, if you regularly say grace, then add just one sentence um, before or after that about why we pray and how we pray, um, just so you're also building their knowledge about prayer at the same time as modelling it. Um, there's also some great books and resources available. So um, on the YouthWorks website, there's... Um, a resource called Kids Pray, which is free um, cards that have a um, a traditional prayer. What would you call it? What would you call the prayers? Where are they from? Prayer book prayers. Prayer book prayers, yeah, and, and other ways that we have uh, shaped, um, taken different themes or moods of prayer and helped create prayers for young kids and slightly older kids as well to give them some words and some shaping of how they might pray so that yeah that's good resources up on um the youthworks website youthworks.net um are there a couple of books that have helped you think through what it means to pray Emery? yes my two favorite books on prayer um the first one is don carson's book called a call to spiritual reformation um and this is really helpful for me um many years ago as a young christian just thinking about um, using the Bible's examples in prayer and learning to pray like Paul does. Um, so if if that's something that you'd like to dig into more, I really encourage you to read that book and read it with someone. Like don't just try and dig through it. Carson can be a little bit tough at times. And this mm -hmm. book is worth, worth fighting through. Um, but read it with somebody else and encourage each other as you read it. Um, and the other one is called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And this one is actually available as an audio book. So if you like to listen to things, um, then it's a good one to get as an audio book. Uh, and it's a great book because it's not a guilt-inducing book. Sometimes books on prayers can just make you feel guilty because you don't pray enough and you just mm. feel like a failure. But this one is just so encouraging. It's full of stories about his family and the things that he's prayed about um, and, and how he's grown as a father over time um, as a man who prays for his family. And so it, that is just, yeah, one of my very best favourite books on prayer. What about you? Yeah, well, we read uh, Miller's Praying Life together as a staff team, mm. uh, so that's been very helpful. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that probably the one that I've most recently read. Um, many years ago there was, was it Bill Hybels, Too too Busy Not to Pray or mm. something like that? Um, don't have it in front of me, but that, again, was just an encouraging to get up and, and read and, and to pray. To um, And I think the encouragement with a number of these books and also the way that I would encourage families at church uh, is just to just incrementally increase your capacity with all your spiritual disciplines, whether it's reading the Bible, praying as a family, all of these things. I think of it as like the Couch to 5K mm. um, training app for running. Uh, I started that about five years ago. And when the first time I did it, it's, yeah, run for 60 seconds now, walk for 
you know, two minutes. And every one of those 60-second runs is absolutely draining. It just completely takes you out of you. But over time, you stick with a training program, you incrementally increase, uh, and you get better and better and better. And it's the same thing with spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're on the couch uh, in terms of prayer, just think about a small thing. Maybe say grace once this week as a family. That would be the small little incremental gain. But if you're a 5K prayer, um, then that's great. Find new ways to integrate prayer. What is the next thing for you? How can you just continue to encourage yourself, uh, your ministry teams, your kids' church, kids, uh, all your families, your God kids, whoever it is that's in your life to be praying as well. So thank you, Anne-Marie. Thanks for joining us on the Effective Ministry podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more about YouthWorks, including that a Kids Pray resource, you can head over to youthworks.net. Uh, there you'll find the contact details for Anne-Marie and myself as well. If you want to get in touch, uh, you can also email us at podcast at youthworks.net, podcast at youthworks.net. Uh, as with all your podcasts, we encourage you to subscribe to the feed so you don't miss any episodes. And please share this with your friends, your ministry colleagues, so that they too may have an effective ministry to their youth and children in their church. 